Welcome to Xperra Marketing, the podcast where we innovate, create, and appreciate. Powered by Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Here's the host of Xperra Marketing, Chief Xperra Marketer, Colin Karasquilla. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Xperra Marketing. I am your Xperra Marketer, Colin Paris Willow. I'm going to bring on my co-host first, Matt Wilson. How are you, Matt Wilson? Yes, Colin. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. We are back with another awesome episode. I wanted to bring you on today first because, obviously, the people need to know the man that assists me with all these great episodes, and we're back again. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out at, to Jim McCarthy at Jim McCarthy Voiceovers. Jim McCarthy Voiceovers.com took care of that awesome Xperra marketing intro, which I think every episode makes us feel like we want to run through brick walls. Gets, so, me, gets me all jacked up, ready to go. It gets me all jacked up. So, with that, uh, let's get down to business. I always ask questions to Matt. Matt has a very, uh, you know, valuable. Uh, explanation to what we talk about here at Xperra Marketing as uh, an account director at Silverback Advertising. And so as an account director at Silverback, Matt, I think there's things that you hear all the time, specifically around big data Mm -hmm. and data. So when someone says to you, what do you think about when you hear the word data? Well, what do you think about, Matt? I think about personally, uh, making smart decisions because there's so many things that in our industry are decisions that get made based on a hunch or how uh, somebody feels. Oh, I, I feel this way. So let's do this. Or I listen to this. So let's be here. Or this is how I use digital media. So let's do that. Uh, but it doesn't matter what you do. It matters what the person you're targeting does. So I, I, Love looking at data and numbers. Some people think it maybe it'll help me fall asleep at night. I like <laughs> it. I think it's. I think. Um, I think it's super important to pay attention to and uh, glean information from. But what about you, man? You're the dealer. Somebody comes to you with data or no data. What do you do? Yeah. So I think this is an opportunity for dealers, especially as we we deal with this COVID pandemic that we're still reeling from and and that's still going on. And for us, what we see on the dealer side of it, and I know there are other advertisers and dealers out there that realize that utilizing data can make your spends throughout your operation, whether it's marketing, so on and so forth. The data does not lie. And the data provides opportunities for improvement on the dealer side of things. So focusing on marketing, after all, this is Xperra Marketing. What I think we want to discuss today or what we are going to discuss today on episode four, which is datafied with Polk, we, uh, we are actually going to be speaking with the VP and GM at Polk Automotive. Uh, his name is Joe Kirikoza. We're going to bring him on momentarily. But before we get to that, what we want to say here is that this is an opportunity for dealers to learn about Polk Automotive Solutions, the data that they can provide to make dealers' expenditures on the advertising side of things more efficient. We can assure you that when you utilize data, right, we're, we're messengers in this case, but we know it works. When you utilize data, the data will allow you to spend more efficiently and get the same, if not better results with your advertising which ultimately positively impacts your sales, 
which ultimately positively impacts your bottom line. And who doesn't like money? I know dealers out of all people in the world love making money and they love a return on investment and they love proving it with data. So without further ado, let's go right to it. We're going to talk with Joe Kirikosa, VP and GM, Poke Automotive Solutions. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing great, Colin and Matt. Thank you guys for having me. Really excited yeah. to join this conversation. Absolutely. No, thank you for being on. And, uh, you know, I will just keep reiterating, we are so very fortunate to have thought leaders like yourself join us on the podcast. You know, we've had some great conversations in the past. We're confident that this is going to be equally as great. And the reason why, though, is because you power essentially what you are doing, Joe, and what your team is doing is powering the decisions that all of the other platforms that dealers utilize, right? Social platforms and so on and so forth. You are the data behind that. And you are the power that gets our message to those individuals, the targeted message, right? So with that, tell us about yourself, tell us about your background and then Polk Automotive Solutions. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much. So um, for me, I, um, I, I'm a, a guy who's been in the auto industry for 20 plus years, born and raised in the Detroit area and, and very much uh, ingrained in this industry for so long. But, um, you know, spent, spent most of my, my career in the digital marketing space, starting with a, a very early stage startup agency in the 90s called Beyond Interactive and then um, moved into uh, a, a position at, at a company called Ford Motor Media, which was essentially the media buying arm for Ford and ran the digital practice and st stood up the digital practice there, it didn't really exist. Um, and, then, and then moved into a company called Jumpstart Automotive Group, which is now part of the Hearst Autos channel uh, and ran product and sales and did a variety of things there. Um, worked at Data Logics um, and built the automotive data business there. We were acquired by Oracle. Um, and then now uh, I run all things Polk Automotive Data and Solutions for IHS Market, which is our parent company. And, and what, you know, I think the, the foundation, and, and again, for me, uh, I live and breathe this stuff. It's, it's a part of my DNA. I've been, you know, I've been in the data-driven marketing um, digital business for the better part of 15 years. So I kind of I see myself as someone who saw the tea leaves on this early, which is, Buying a car is, you know, it, it's like five, ten percent of the market is even thinking about it at any time, right? I mean, like the consumer market. You know, if you're just doing mass marketing and trying to reach everyone with the same message, and it doesn't matter to ninety-five percent of the people who are getting that message, then why bother, right? Why, why bother? Number one, annoying them with that message. Number two, wasting the money on that consumer, right? So when you, when you wrap your head around that, it's like, great, okay, well, how do I do this better? Well, in 2005, we didn't really know how to do that, but that was the building, those were the building blocks of how to do that better. And it's things that we were doing at Jumpstart Automotive Group, and then eventually Data Logics was like taking that and turning it, putting it on steroids. Um, and, and, and Polk Data has been foundational to this business for a long time. So we collect, and, and have for a number of years, 100% of vehicle transactions on a daily basis at the VIN level. We source that from multiple sources, including the OEMs, including every DMV, all 50 states. 
as well as the financial cap, the captive finance companies. So, so we multi-source the data so that it's very accurate and clean. And then we do it in a very privacy friendly way by stripping out all the personalized information, right? So it's all about the attributes and car buying that we care about. Um, so, so we, we fancy ourselves and position ourselves as the source of truth for auto data and insights, real data from real consumers based on actual purchases, right? Not, not just kind of like shopping data, someone looking at pictures of a Porsche and calling them in market, like real, real data. So, and the way this, the foundational end of this business is in uh, a, a person named Ralph Lane Polk founded this company in the late 1800s as a city directory of residents of towns and then became focused on, on automotive in, in 1920. So exactly a hundred years ago um, and focused on, ch on, on compiling motor vehicle records. General Motors asked for like a record in every community, like who's buying what and what, you know, what cars do they have? So he was working, he was friends with General Motors leadership and, um, and that became the foundation of the business. So we like to say we've been slinging auto data for a hundred years. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we do. And, and we've been the authority on all things automotive data. And in the past 30 years, we've turned that into more of a direct marketing opportunity, not just like a, an analytics view of the world, but like, how do I take that data and turn it into marketing um, for dealers and OEMs? And then in the last 10 years, that everything has kind of flipped into the digital world, right? Between social, programmatic, connected TV, and all those platforms, our data is portable, right? Across any, any mechanism and any medium and that's what makes it powerful and foundational to the industry. So, so that's that's kind of the background of us. Yeah, so I think you you unpacked a lot of great things there and I actually wanna to touch on a couple of those. So I'm taking my notes here as I usually do. Uh, so with that though, I think one of the biggest things, and we actually had discussed this in our uh, introduction call and it was real dad or real people. That was something that you said that stuck out to me. And the reason why I want to focus on real data, real people, is also because of something that you just explained, right, in this background between Polk and, and your background. And that is, as we focus on the customer experience, which we know is, is more important now than it's ever been, ever been before, right? Customer experience is number one. That's what people keep talking about. What is your customer experience? How are you making the customer experience better? As a marketer, and I'm sure Matt can agree on this, as a marketer, one component to making sure that someone's customer experience is great is actually takes place before they even get into the dealership. And that's by serving them a relevant message at the right time, the right place, on the right device, you know, and, and that's what people talk about. So with Polk data, you have that, you have that ability to serve that targeted message to these individuals. So I think that that's very important. And I just wanna you know, really highlight that for the dealers and advertisers listening, that right now, I would be concerned making any advertising decisions without data. You need to use data, you need to leverage data, whether it's Polk data, uh, your first party data, your dealership data, which is something we'll also talk about later on in this podcast. But that is the biggest thing. And if we can promote anything here at Experimarketing, 
even though we innovate, create, and appreciate, yes, innovate, you say, hey, they're trying some things out. You try things out with data in mind. You need to make decisions based upon the data that you have, because the data that you have, your historical data, the data that you can get from uh, vendor partners like yourselves, that is what's going to make your advertising run, you know, full steam ahead on all cylinders. So I just want to highlight that. The other thing uh, in terms of what you're talking about with that is the fact that the data essentially is portable. So if we're talking about enhancing customer experience, which yes, I just discussed, but the uh, component of that becomes right place, right time, right device, so on and so forth. When data is portable, it allows you to fuel your omni-channel marketing experience. So each person is gonna go about shopping for a vehicle in a different manner. And the idea for dealers is that we need to be on those platforms the, the way that a person wants to shop. So it's not that we can segment or silo each individual. Sure, we can build out customer profiles, but we need to understand that, you know, Matt might shop for a car that is in a different fashion than I'd shop for a car. And I'd shop for a car differently than you'd shop for a car, Joe. So the whole idea behind the portable data and why we want to discuss Polk and the value of Polk is because it allows you to fuel those omni-channel experiences, which will ultimately enhance your customer experience. I mean, Matt, would you agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think, um, like you said, a person starts creating an impression of your place before they even go there. Have you ever been to a restaurant and like you walk in and you sit down and you're like, before you even touch the food or drink anything, you're like, I kind of like this place. You know, it's like you researched it, you read some good reviews, the um, the uh, atmosphere, the ambiance is great. And before you even try the product, you have a positive view. And then if you try the food and it's terrible, you're kind of like, ah, well, it's not bad, right? So you, so, but you know, the, 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 what the information that you're presenting, um, and reaching out to the right person, like you said, with the right message could resonate with them, um, early on. Does that answer your question or am I all over the place? No, I think that that's good. And it actually puts it in terms that I think a lot of people that even, you know, whether they're in the advertising space or not, or the dealer space would understand. I mean, majority of people, yes, right now, maybe they're not going out and eating, but I think a majority of people do understand that you're doing research before you're even going out. I mean, I know I am, I am a culprit of essentially, yeah, hey, let's pick this restaurant. My girlfriend and I want to go out. We end up uh, looking at the menu online. I mean, we have an idea of what we're going to eat before yeah. we eat go to the place and eat. And yes, sure. We might look at some options once they're there, you know, specials that they might present. Uh, I think that that there's actually as crazy as that is, there are parallels between that and what someone would do uh, at an automotive dealership, or at least during the automotive purchase process. So with that stated and, and talking about once again, customer experience, portable data, why that's important, how would dealers, and this one's for you, Joe, how do dealers understand the data. I think dealers, the reason why maybe they're not doing a great job leveraging data is because they're, they're, they don't understand the data. And essentially then they're afraid because they don't know how to understand the data. How would they do that? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to what, what you were just saying, which is right place, right time, right message. You know, that, that if the mantra for addressable or digital advertising is right place, right message, right audience, right time, we're, we're providing for sure the last two, the audience and the time. And, and, and what I mean by that is 
the, the hardest thing to decipher is w- when a, cust- a consumer is actually in market. Right. Because there are a lot of errant signals that you might think, oh, well, yeah, they were, they were on my site last week, so they must be. Right. That's, that's a, there's a lot of false positives in data. That's, that's another thing, you know, when you're talking about how much you love data and how much it really can inform everything, you also have to be able to separate the signal from the noise. And there are a lot of false positives in data out there that are being sold, that are being uh, distributed, marketed, and monetized that shouldn't be, or at least shouldn't be at the value they are, right? So, so you know, if, if we're talking about right, right audience and right time, we deliver on those for sure. And then even right message, we inform it, right? Because if we can tell you that Colin is a Honda owner with a history of leasing cars and, uh, and, the, and, and you're trying to conquest him into a Toyota, the message is going to be different than if you are, than if you were trying to just sell him another Honda. Right. Right. And, and, and so, so that data point informs the message in a way that it never could before. Um, so, so and it's not about you personally, it's about the attributes that you have, right. That you historically lease cars and you historically own Hondas. So, so being able to, to take that kind of information and apply it is number one, you know, the portability is the key. So, so we do everything we can to make it super simple for the dealer to do this. Our, our job and our mission is to make our data ubiquitous and available on every possible platform and channel and make it frictionless right. so that it's easy to, to utilize. So we partner, we, we do that by doing that, we do all the hard work by partnering and integrating in the background with all of the companies, you know, you know, people that you've talked to already that, you know, Bob Lanham at Facebook and his crew mm-hmm. are good friends of ours. And, and they are, they're very much partners of ours and we integrate directly into their API platform so that dealers can have easy access to the data in their, in their agencies, uh, Pinterest, Snapchat, Google, Amazon, uh, and increasingly areas of advanced, you know, TV like Comcast and Samsung and ampersand. Um, the, these are the leverage points that make it really easy for dealers to work with us. Sometimes you do have to ask for it by name though, as a dealer or as an agency, right? You have to kind of say, Hey, do you have pulp data? Do you have access to it? Can I get, can I make that part of my program? Um, so, so that's, you know, that's really how we make, we make it available to dealers and make it accessible and we try to make it as easy as possible. It, it, it's a complex data can be a complex thing, but we try to simplify that complexity. Yeah, no. And, and that's, you know, one of the great things I think that Pulp does is it simplifies the complexity. And so uh, once again, touched on a lot of great things there. So I, I think there's a couple of takeaways from that, that I want to reiterate for the dealers. It's most likely that the people that you're already advertising with, so dealer community, this, listen up, this one's for you. The people that you're most likely advertising with out there. So Facebook, Instagram, Google, so on and so forth. We know that uh, once the COVID pandemic, you know, really, uh, was rampant back in in mid-March, most likely, when a lot of uh, different dealerships had to shut down due to different state mandates. Dealers did one of two things. They either shut all advertising off completely, 
I mean, the future was very uncertain at that time. They said, we can't spend any advertising dollars. We need to save as much money as we can, put it in the coffers. Other dealers said, okay, I'm going to stop spending on the tried and true methods like search engine marketing, so on and so forth, and move that money towards social media. And we saw that there was this massive influx in expenditure on social media. And that was because the audience, your captivated audience, was now home. They weren't going to work. They were sitting in front of their computers or on their mobile devices, digesting or consuming, you know, countless hours of, of feed on their, their various social networks. And then even though I said one of two, there was a third option. I don't know how many dealers actually did this, but I know there were some out there that said, hey, this is the time to spend more money than ever. So, you know, I love, the, that, I love those dealers. Yeah, I'm sure you do from the ad agency perspective. I'm sure you do. Um, and so with that, I just want to say that, you know, you had touched on it, Joe, the platforms that your dealers uh, were spending money on sometimes, and I know as a dealer myself and as a digital marketer at a dealership, my job, quite frankly, in its simplest terms, and I'll say this, is actually to be the biggest skeptic ever. So people say, no, you're responsible for generating opportunities for sales. Yes, that's a, that's a portion of it. But I would say as a digital marketer, you need to be a skeptic. And the skeptic reason is because you need to make sure that your vendor partners are utilizing and leveraging this data that Polk Automotive and other providers, other data that are out there are allowing you to make the best decisions to ultimately generate those opportunities for sale. So for the dealers out there, uh, Long story short or short story long, basically the vendor partners that you're working with, rest assured that they are utilizing this data. The ones that you're not too sure of, do not be afraid to ask. You do not get unless you ask. And most likely these vendor partners would have access to this data. And if they don't, well, then you should start looking for different vendor partners that can make sure they can get you the most, the, the most relevant data so you can make the most educated uh, decisions, you know, in, in terms of what you're going to be doing with your advertising and your marketing. So I think that that's, that's really great, Joe, that you guys are making it as simple as possible. You already have these relationships in place with a lot of these different vendor partners. And I know automotive and tier three, essentially, it seems like we're at the tip of the iceberg on a lot of these things. And so there is a room for, for growth and input from dealers and things like that, which I know you're very uh, receptive to hear. So that's, that's awesome. And we commend you for that. Um, so with that, let's move on to the next thing. I mean, how does a dealer, you already talked about understanding the data. How does a dealer take advantage of this data? I mean, how can a dealer, aside from asking, uh, you know, asking for it from their vendor partners, can they contact you directly? I mean, as I mentioned before, first party data integration, talk about how we can kind of leverage what data you can provide, the dealer's data, and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, I think when we, when we come to a dealer and, and we do work with, with dealers and, and agencies and service providers in the space directly, because a lot of times, uh, you know, and a lot of where we see this going and I'll talk about this a little later too, is um, we, we want to be able to sell you our data directly so that you can then plug it in wherever you want versus it being kind of singular and linear within each platform. Um, so that's a, that's a broader conversation, but the idea here is it's a, you know, the strategy is to do both things. Number one is obviously you want to retain and protect your base. Mm -hmm. um, but number two, you obviously have an acquisition strategy that you need to go after new customers and, and go do that. We help you enhance, as far as retention is concerned, we help you enhance what you already know 
about your current customer base by laying around, layering on more intelligence. So we have 400 plus data attributes on every single consumer household in the country. And where we, you know, we circle around the automotive triggers, right? And the triggers that we know drive automotive intent and drive changes in a household and the decisioning that comes with uh, buying a car and the reasons that, that you know, the, those, those life events that kind of drive those decisions, right? So, so those are life events or attributes, obviously historic purchase, and look, in any category, in any retail category, historic purchase is the clearest indicator of future behavior. Um, so that's the foundation of everything we do is all that registration data that we talked about. So, um, so, so we can enhance what you already know about your customers. That's, that's kind of table stakes. And we actually have a sister company at IHS Market called Automotive Mastermind that really specializes in just that. It's taking your DMS data and really turning it into like, a one by like an individual customer but individual customer how do i message them what are the different tactics i should use and and what's the what's the incentive strategy behind them so so that's more of like a deep consultative relationship if you just want if you already have that kind of engagement with an agency or whatever and you just want to append your data with better intelligence we do that as well um and then and and that becomes you know kind of the foundation for your retention strategy but obviously acquisition right you need to acquire new customers and build and build your base beyond just the, the current base because you are going to lose some and you need to kind of fill those gaps but you also need to create growth and incrementality so we do it with our audiences you know our audiences being uh, we have over 2,000 syndicated audiences meaning everything from body style to make and model um, to financial, you know, lease versus buy, right? So being able to say, hey, I have a campaign coming up and I, I want to do a sell down of, of my Accords and I want to reach anybody who's in market for a midsize sedan um, and with a lease, a lease promotion. So I want to also, you know, kind of add that trigger that they're a lease customer. Um, you know, you can do that through, you know, through all the channels we talked about. You could do it in direct mail. You can mm -hmm. do it with email marketing. Um, so, so we make it easy for you to, to really leverage the right audience. Again, so if you're going to spend $1,000 on marketing, why not make every dollar of that work harder for you by getting in front of the people that you intend to instead of going, okay, I'm going to spend $1,000 and hope that 10% of them actually care. Right. Uh, and I get X response rate and X you know, conversion rate. But you know, when you work with better data assets like ours, your response rates go up, your conversion rates go up. The ROI is, is crystal clear. I mean, we've done, you know, we've had campaigns where, um, uh, you know, our audiences perform, like if you just did no targeting, right. And you just did kind of like an open-ended like Facebook campaign, right. it performs to X. But when, when you, when we did a study, when we applied our data, it performed 82% better on, on ROI, right? So let's just say our data costs 10% of the media, right? That 82, obviously that the return on that, you know, 82% versus the 10% incremental cost is well worth it, right? By, by 8X, you know, at a minimum. So, um, so that, you know, the proof points are there. I mean, like we, you know, we reduced for a deal, a major dealer group, we reduced their, 
cost per sale on their media campaigns by 93%. Wow. Because they were just, they were not wasting dollars anymore. Right. You know, we, we did, you know, we, we do things like, you know, service campaigns, right? Because we actually have data on service and understanding the service uh, behaviors of, of consumers. You know, we helped uh, uh, a dealer group get 200 new appointments through a service campaign, right? So, so we, you know, uh, we stand behind the data with metrics and we actually can, you know, we're providing those metrics because we have that source of truth data to say, okay, look, you want to buy our audience is great, but we're also going to give you the measurement to tell you exactly how it performed. And we'll validate that with your, with your DMS or whatever. But, um, but at the end of the day, like we stand behind the performance, we, we help you with a retention and acquisition strategy and the return on investment is unquestioned to the degree that we'll guarantee the return on investment is going to be better than anything else you're doing. I think, you know, once again, it, that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. We want to educate dealers. And, and even for me, this is a very educational experience. And I always learn on these podcasts when we're you know lucky enough to do this, that there is opportunities when you make more educated decisions or, or better educated decisions, you will save money. You will get a better return on investment, you know, in terms of what you're looking to achieve versus the spend that you actually put into it. So once again, I took my notes over here. I think there's some very crucial things that we need to unpack a little further. And the fact of the matter is you talk about these life moments and we know, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's a couple that we would all know off the top of our heads, uh, buying a new home, is usually an indicator that someone's going to buy a new car. Having a child is usually an indicator that someone's going to buy a car. Uh, I, I guess it's, it could be moving. And once again, please input, correct me if I'm wrong, moving to a new location, obviously that go coincides with buying a new home, getting a raise or a promotion. Uh, I think one of them is, and are there other ones that I've missed by, by all means, please chime in. Yeah. I mean, moving from the city to the suburbs or there vice you versa, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'll tell you, so all, all the ones you hit on are, are definitely accurate. Um, obviously a, a child that, that turns a certain age right. also is an indicator. I have one that just turned 15. So she's got her learner's permit and uh -huh. in, in a year she's going to be asking me for a Jeep Wrangler probably. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but, but the, uh, Here's, an, here's another, I, I guess, you know, again, we're, we, we swim in data. So, um, so we did a study just, just during like the COVID period here where we actually took, the, took 700 buyers that bought cars during the COVID period and we, and we, um, we, we surveyed them on, on a few other questions besides what they bought, right, and where they bought it. We already knew that. Um, we asked why. You know, why did you buy? So the stuff that we found out was, was not really that earth shattering. Most people were just like, yeah, my lease was up. I needed to buy a car. My car was broken down. I needed to buy a new car, et cetera. But we isolated a subset of that of first time buyers. So these are people that had never bought a car before that were never in the registration database. Right. So they were, they were first time buyers. Presumably they're going to be on the younger side. Um, but, but the intriguing facts that came out of that were the the number one reason that those people indicated they bought was because they wanted to buy the car for travel right so they couldn't they, they wanted to go on road trips right because right. they really weren't they, were, they weren't flying they weren't going on you know like a, a lot of younger generations value you know 
hey, traveling the world and, and, you know, getting on a plane and going, you know, to, to a foreign country to experience different things. But now they needed another means to do that. So road trip was number one of the number one things. One of the other top things was, um, top reasons that they bought was because they no longer wanted to rely on public transportation, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so again, like when you start to think about what are the, the life events or key triggers, those are changing, right? They're also evolving with the way that, um, that the world is, is working now. So, right. and, and I think as the, as the application of buying a car becomes more digital, we'll start to consume more of that information as to why people are making those decisions or what are the triggers that are, that are driving them there. Yeah, no, fascinating, uh, fascinating times ahead, honestly. You know, that's one of the things I think what I want dealers to start thinking, because this is how we've started thinking, and, and it's not necessarily the right way, but it seems to be the way that's working, right? So in that sense, I'm going to say it's the right way. I will be so bold to claim that that's the right way. But when you look at these lifestyle moments and these lifestyle events, I mean, in previous podcast episodes, we've actually dissected that when, when something is tied into a person's lifestyle, right? This is a very personal thing to an individual. The car purchase is most likely the second most expensive purchase they're going to make in their lifetimes aside from a home, okay? So it needs to make sense to them. And sure, there's things that go into it, like the price of the vehicle, make, models, you know, these are all things that someone's considering. But I think when it really boils down to it, Joe, it's about why the person's shopping and it's most likely caused because of one of those lifestyle moments. COVID was a perfect example. It was the resurgence of the road trip. Okay. I don't think dealers, unless they got that data from you guys, and yes, they've heard it from Facebook and other outlets would have said, Hey, maybe we should make our campaigns focused on why this vehicle is the perfect vehicle for a road trip for you and your family. You know, take the road trip you deserve and I'll just throw something out there, a Jeep Grand Cherokee or, you know, a Jeep Wrangler, so on and so forth. So I think that's very important. So with that, though, uh, before we end up, you know, concluding here, campaign ideas. You had already discussed uh, service. There's, there's possibilities for service in terms of campaigns you can put out there. Off-lease, uh, I'm assuming, and, and please, once again, chime in, trade-in. You know, right now, I know for dealers, we're trying to provide you actionable insight here. Uh, used inventory. Might be a problem for you dealers. Guess what? We were there. Uh, we know that used inventory was an issue. Even new inventory is becoming an issue now. But with used specifically, we want your trades. Polk, I mean, you guys, you probably have information of individuals who own X vehicles that are, you know, a certain year or older that might be in a position to trade in their vehicles. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep. We, we definitely have that information. We also understand how frequently they buy cars. So if they're four years into a, a vehicle and they typically buy cars every five years based on their history, then yeah, that it might be a good time to start trying to pull them, pull them in. And I think another, another thing that you talked about used. So we all, we also get a hundred percent of the used transactions Right. Um, so we know everything from the dealer level to the individual consumer to consumer used by uh, used sales. And, um, you know, so, so one of the things that's also wasteful is the OEMs and, and a lot of the dealers love to spend their big dollars on the, like the new vehicle launch type campaigns. Right. Um, but in reality, you know, three out of every four car buyers buy used cars. Right. So, 
So at the end of the day, how do you isolate your new vehicle launch message to the one out of the, the four buyers who is more interested in new cars and then in the used car, on the used car realm, that you're, you can message them with your used car inventory, right? So we can help you isolate all of that so that your, your messaging, again, like we inform the messaging because your messaging can be focused to the right individuals based on that background that we have and, and leveraging your used car inventory to the people that like only buy used cars, right? There's plenty of people in this country that only buy used cars because they think, hey, new car is a waste of money. I'd rather just buy one that's three years old and, you know, buy it for, you know, 30% of the value of a new one or whatever. So, um, so, so those factors all matter. Again, like you can throw a bunch of money at all people who are in market and you're doing a little bit better. Right. But then how do you drill down within that, that community of in-marketed people to be very specific about how you touch each of them with a different message based on what you know, that they're a used buyer, that they're a new buyer, that they lease, that they, that they have a credit threshold of 700 or more, or, you know, like all those data attributes are available, which is, which makes it exciting. Are there any uh, like resources that a dealer or agency, I guess, could utilize um, free resources or information that Polk has that they're, you know, willing to share or maybe wet a dealer's whistle, so to speak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great question. I mean, look, uh, what I would say is there, there isn't like a place to go to just get like free data. But what I would say is reach out to us and, uh, re, you know, and I'll provide my, my information and any, anybody and dealer agency, et cetera, can reach out to me and I'll make sure they get coordinated uh, within our team. Um, but what we do for free is what we call audience planning. So, uh, so, so we, we take your problem, you come to us and say, Hey, I have this problem. I really have a, I have a glut of inventory on this vehicle. I want to, I, I, I need to sell, right. We'll come up with an audience plan based on what we know about that vehicle, what we know about that vehicle buyer. And then the, the trigger points that we think matter that turns into, Hey, these are the, these are the three segments of consumers we think you should reach. We'll do that research for you. Right. And then we'll, we'll help you plug it in wherever you need to plug it in. Right. You want to do it on Facebook. You want to do a, just a direct marketing campaign. Um, we will do that. That's like kind of free consultation that we give all of our customers. We don't, we don't, we don't get paid until you deploy, right. Until you do something with it from that point. Very good. So we'll make sure to get your information out to the dealer community. When we end up uh, launching this podcast, we will have all that information, whether you tune in on YouTube, LinkedIn, or on the actual podcast itself, it'll be in the description. So Joe, thank you for that. Now, before we conclude, I just have to ask you because uh, we always see if something's coming down the pipe. So is there anything that you can talk about from Polk that is coming down the pipeline? And I love the, uh, if you can wet dealers whistles. So, so is there anything coming down the pipeline from Polk that you can talk about? Yeah. I mean, how much time do we have? No, we're working on a lot of stuff. I mean, we, we have so much that we're working on, especially in the tier three space. I mean, we've, we have a lot of history in the OEM space, but we're really investing in tier three. So um, one of the things that I can, I can talk about now, it's been kind of uh, under wraps for, for a few months, but one of our big, I would call it like COVID projects 
is, um, you know, we kind of looked at the world and said, hey, there's 17,000 franchise dealers. There's another X number of thousand of, of independent dealers. We will never have the horsepower to talk to all of them, right? Um, so how do we make it easy for them to come to us uh, and use marketing and, and platforms like this to talk about those things? And we're building, so, so, so we are building a portal for dealers to easily purchase our data directly from us, whether it's the dealer or they want to use their agency can do it, their service provider. Um, we, we are making it easy and available and, and we're starting uh, with Facebook as our first Facebook and Instagram as our first kind of integration point for this, where a dealer can literally go in, buy our data for $299 a month, unlimited, unlimited use of our data. And all they have to do is put in their Facebook business manager account ID in the process because we have an API integration with Facebook. As soon as they hit submit, the data flows, the, the, they pick the segments they want, the data flows right into their audience manager account or their business manager account and they're uh, away they go, right? And then they run their campaigns as they normally would. Um, so that's super exciting. So that's going to be launched uh, sometime this quarter, we're, we're gonna officially launch it, but it'll be at polkdealermarketing.com. Uh, pretty straightforward polkdealermarketing.com. It'll be easy to use. And then we're also creating partnerships with the agencies and service providers in the industry where they'll essentially just kind of white label it as part of their offering as well. So it'll be integrated and plugged in to their solution. The, the, the really cool thing about this is if you subscribe to this service, we will provide free sales match on a monthly basis included with that 299 a month, that alone is worth more than the 299 a month. But uh, but we stand so strongly behind our data asset that we're willing to provide that free sales match because we want to prove to you that it works. Right. Um, so so that that comes with the the program, uh, and then and then quickly behind that we're gonna you're gonna be able to just you're gonna also in addition to Facebook and Instagram you'll be able to add direct marketing, right? So if you just want to download a list so that you can send direct mail campaigns to them, we're going to make that available on this portal as well. So it's literally just press go and, and, and then it's, it's easy to do from there. Um, so, th so that's really like the most exciting thing we're working on right now. And, and, and we're really, really passionate about making it frictionless and easy for dealers and their agencies and their service providers to work with us. And, and we think this is the catalyst for, for making that possible. I would definitely agree. And, you know, obviously a wealth of information. We want to thank you so very much for being on here. Once again, I just want to reiterate polkdealermarketing.com. That's where you'll be able to go and essentially get access to all of the data that we just discussed. Uh, I want to thank Joe for being on. And before I let you go, Joe, uh, John Gray, who was the, the gentleman, so head of uh, U.S. Automotive over at Pinterest, right? Global strategy lead actually over there, uh, put us in touch. So thank you to him. He dubbed uh, this the Carasquillo Challenge, which I thought was great. So I want to pass the Carasquillo Challenge on to the dealers out there listening. And what the Carasquillo Challenge is for you is to actually become familiar and comfortable with data. Don't be afraid of data. Data is going to help you take your operations to higher highs. 
It's going to enable you to cut costs on your marketing. And then you'll ultimately be able to probably apply that to other parts of your operation and save money in the long run. So with that, once again, thank you, Joe. Joe, uh, we hope to have you back on. We'll have all of your information out there when we put the podcast up for our, uh, our listeners to hear on demand. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Matt. I really Thanks, appreciate Joe. the time. Great stuff. It was our pleasure. Thank you. Well, Matt, have you been datafied? I like it. I've been datafied. I think dealers need to take advantage. I I agree. And, you know, just to reiterate a couple things that we discussed here before we sign off for this lovely episode of Experiment Marketing, it's utilizing the data to make your expenditures more efficient. It's utilizing the data to enhance the customer experience. It's utilizing the data to ultimately take your dealership to higher highs and know that your partners at Polk Automotive, as well as other vendors that you're most likely already using, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, so on and so forth, they are leveraging this data to ensure that you, as the dealer, do get the best return on investment. So stay tuned for another episode of Expera Marketing, the show where we innovate, create, and appreciate Matt Wilson and Colin Carasquillo signing off.